Hello and welcome back to, I don't know what episode it is to be honest, oh yeah episode 4 and today we are joined by Saskia who is part of the Holos roster of creatives. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hilarious because you would have heard Tia say on the last podcast it's going to be hilarious, the two of us trying to not shout over each other. That is true. In one podcast. But Saskia, please introduce yourself. What is your niche? Who are you? Hi, I'm Saskia. I'm a R&B neo soul singer, bit of jazz. Yeah, that's basically about me. Do you like me. jazz? Yeah, I do love <laughs> jazz. But obviously, I mean, you've said that you're kind of like R&B neo soulish, but you didn't start off to begin with that, did you? You kind of went more. Well, I've kind of gone through all of the genres really because started off. Well, I've always been in the choirs at school, even when I couldn't sing when and I was around like, the towns. But, yeah, I've been singing around the towns <laughs> and everything. But yeah, I did all the choir stuff. I did all my classical grades, did classical piano as well up till like grade five. And then was like, this is awful. I could not do piano. I just memorized it's it all. It's so hard. And then... I say, well, I'm looking at a keyboard. Well, that's actually a MIDI, MIDI keyboard. keyboard. And then for my A-level, I did... My A-level recital, I did jazz, like the jazz standards. And then I was kind of like, mm, I prefer this because I can do my own thing. And then at uni, I kind of just developed more of my R&B sound. And then that's where I met my guitarist, Alex Taylor, who I'm now in a duo with. And he is obsessed with jazz, like modern jazz composer through and through. So don't really get an option. Talented, what I do like talented boy. Yeah. Very talented boy. And you kind of went through uni, you've experimented in ways because you were kind of doing, you've done your DJ sets recently, you've done one with Honor, which yeah. is like a break set, and you obviously I've did one, one in lockdown. Lockdown, yeah. In with Hope Works. Well, it was like a live stream, but it was in affiliation with Hope Works mm-hmm. for the BLM. It was raising money for BLM charities. A charity queen. We love yeah. to see it. We love to see it. Obviously, in the past, so since finishing uni, You've had to kind of brand yourself and decide what you want to go forward and do. Yeah, you've had to decide what you want to do and how you kind of want to take your career further in music. But when you were in uni, you obviously, this is something I really want to touch on, you were looking at kind of the exploitation of women within music. Well, this is a slightly sore subject because I did do a whole research essay on it for my final uni module and just decided to upload the blank template so I guess the world will never know what I really had to say well let the world know now well I can't remember what I even said now basically well I think even I've seen a lot of collaborations that people message me about specifically men there's always an ulterior motive behind it it seems like apart from Alex obviously because we're like best friends like brother and sister and a few other people, like the majority, unless but the rest I... the odd few that are kind of just trying to slide into your DMs. Odd few, I would say it was the majority, yeah. really. Like, if I don't say, oh, yeah, I'll go on a date with you, then mm-hmm. the collab just disappears. Mm-hmm. Or, like, people I've worked with in the past, as soon as I've kind of been like, oh, no, I don't really want to pursue things romantically, never to be seen of again. Mm-hmm. When I was kind of thinking, you know, we had like a good thing going. But... And it's annoying as well because obviously you're out there thinking this could be really a great collaboration. Like I remember when you released your EP, Gone to Later, we had a couple of people yeah. message us on your Instagram. But that was the same thing, wasn't it? It would be literally... like, oh great, they'd be such a sick DJ for us to work with. Like, And then we were sat envisaging what it could do with different But then songs. they'd be like, oh, well, you'll have to show me around Leeds, won't yeah. you? And it's like, well, no, don't no. want to do that. I can send you the track and you can do it yourself. Yeah. Too basically that's not the point well then it just kind of makes you feel a bit as a woman people don't really see you as your art they just see you as your instagram Mm -hmm. and also i just think it's a lot harder especially in terms of like when i've done dj sets and stuff even with my mates like i just did one with my best friend honor and 
I work at the venue where the set was because it was for their birthday and the bouncers because I'm on the marketing team so I'm not really there as much in the nights so they don't really know who I am when they wouldn't let us in to my yeah. own work to sing at the event they actively laughed in yeah they laughed in our faces when we said we're playing and then when I answered the question of like oh you know you don't work here and I was like my event was literally on last night they were like all right, chill out. They would never, never speak to the male, the male DJs, DJs like, like that, that yeah. ever. And that seems to be a, like, a big thing in the industry where like... Yeah. Because I think because sometimes this isn't a rule for all, but it is a rule for the many. That male DJ, it's like a personality that they take on with it. And especially when they're sometimes a bit smaller, they can get a bit boisterous. And well, not like... even that. I just think um, because it is such a male-dominated industry, it's really hard for... You have to be so much more talented as a female to get half the recognition mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Like, you have to work a lot harder, I think, for people to actually take you seriously. Like, I don't know. Even some Sometimes in mine and Alex's duo, like people will look at Alex to answer questions and it's like, hang on a minute, I actually do all of the, yeah. I do everything basically. Yeah, literally. Like, all of the networking. Why are you just assuming that? He does it and he runs it. Well, yeah. It is very strange. So when it comes to your actual music, obviously you've just released your EP. Well, and, in September. Well, in September, but it was the last thing to release. Yeah. And there's some exciting things in the works for production, but... Let's talk about when you were branding it. How would you describe your actual personal branding style? So not just your music, what you wear, like the colours, what you do with your makeup and all stuff like that. Well, I think throughout uni I started experimenting a lot more because I went I went to a school that was very strict in terms of how you express yourself. Like you weren't even allowed to dye your eyelashes or stuff like that, which I just think is ridiculous. Now is, that's crazy. Well, I know, yeah, it used to be in the schools. But um, I think going to an arts uni, that was one of the reasons why I chose these arts because I was like, I'm going to, I know it sounds so cliche, but like actually find out kind of who mm -hmm. I am and like everyone's Have doing the same thing. Yeah, I was the same. Yeah. So I started dyeing my hair and everyone went through that phase where they like started messing around with their eyeliner and stuff. But then I just kind of never really stopped. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think it's a big part of my identity now like mm -hmm. people know me through my eyeliner it's and like stuff. your personal brand yeah and like i have stripy hair now i've had it for like three years i've just it realized is crazy. yeah so i think people yeah recognize and now me from it's in like, its full form yeah it's, in it's official stripe um they recognize me through that and also like i dress very well quite gothic i would mm -hmm. say all of my clothes basically are black i have massive new rock boots I do like the occasional pop of red. Yeah, um, red, like red silvers. And big chunky jewellery. Yeah. But that's just how I like to express myself. And like I used to dress like that when I was a lot younger. And then I mm -hmm. think I kind of got... A bit dragged into kind of girly, girly something. culture. Yeah, not even girly, girly. Because I always still listen to the same music. But like I just feel more, well, if you don't like me, this is how I dress. And also I think it kind of weeds, weeds out a lot of people that would probably be judgmental about mm -hmm. certain aspects of me. Because no, I immediately look what I am. Mm -hmm. So I think one thing that stuck out that I really enjoyed when we were doing the branding for the EP was your logo. Because I think we took that as very much a you. Because it kind of emulated how your makeup kind of can be with the chrome. Yeah. And even like we and the silver took and inspiration from like the tattoo on my leg and stuff. Mm -hmm. Which is like, well, obviously you guys can't see it. But it's a heart made out of thorns. So my logo is quite like spiky. And yeah, I think it actually replicates that quite well. My eyeliner... That was Jamie Morgan jewelry. Designs. Yeah, out. JP Morgan. Jamie Morgan. JP Morgan. <laughs> no, JP Morgan, actually. Sounds like some sort of whiskey brand. JP Morgan. They're like a bank. Oh, do you know? Finance bro. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he does represent me well. Yeah, I agree. Also, so when it's come to kind of like, we've had lots of discussions and meetings about your own branding and social media and stuff. And obviously, when at first, because Sasa's mum also helps with the creative and the behind the scenes and all the management and the emails and stuff and we sit down and have kind of like meetings about what we want to do and stuff 
She's my um, Chris Jenner. Yeah, Chris Jenner and Lisa Vanderpump is what we are. Yeah. But um, when it's actually come to social media, you've obviously expressed how you don't want to be churning out stuff. So, like, you don't want to just be, like, pushing out posts that you don't want to do and posting all the time. Like, tell me more about that. Well, it's quite a hard thing, isn't it? Because I feel like I don't want to lose my identity because that isn't who I am. Like, I'm never really the one that before out is always on the phone taking photos because I'm just not like that mm -hmm. naturally. Um, so I kind of don't want to seem like that in my socials because it's not me. But then obviously, like, Instagram is getting more and more now that you have to play into the algorithms. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they just don't show your content to anyone, which yeah. I absolutely hate. And I think it's... Me and Tia were discussing the other day as well. I think it's disgusting. Like, if it's you so don't annoying. pay... And you don't do exactly and, what they say. Yeah. If you don't post five stories a day at this time, they don't give you anything. Well, what about artists who can't afford to pay for ads? And what are they expensive. supposed like, to do? It's like, I think the cheapest normally is like £200. Yeah. That. And like, that's only for 24 hours or for a week or like... I just think not. it's gross. And also like, it's really easy to get sucked into the like... Having to be... Someone else. This social media like point... Like point Pointed, like, and I also don't want to just be like, oh, all the time. follow me because you think I'm mm -hmm. hot and sexy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or you think I'm, I don't know, weird looking, so you're just following me. <laughs> but I want people to follow me because they're actually interested in the stuff I post. Not mm -hmm. just because I'm like this void on Instagram that just mm -hmm. like is like everyone else. I don't know. That probably sounds like I'm like, no one understands me. Yeah. But I just, I find it hard as well because I also struggle with my own insecurities about how I look. So, mm. like, having to try and take photos of myself all the time and then it just making me feel awful. Or, mm -hmm. like, if I'm trying to force myself to do TikToks, I'm just like, that yeah, makes me say, feel ill. TikTok's a strange that. one as well because, obviously, so many people, predominantly through lockdown, like Mimi Webb, people like that, yeah. Lozik have come through kind of TikToks when people had nothing else, else to watch and they're kind of invested in their journeys now. Well, then even, like, Lozik, I just think, like, not every TikToker has to be a musician. Mm -hmm. And that also makes me really sad when it's like Dixie D'Amelio is mm -hmm. collabing with like Ty Dolla Sign, who's like one mm -hmm. of the, well, he's a great producer. So yeah, like 100%. there's billions of people out there who are far more talented. And I know it is a game of who you know, not what you know, but it just makes you kind of just like, what am I even working towards? Mm -hmm. Because... I'm a lot more, like, fortunate than a lot of people because my family are very supportive and, like, have been really helpful. But just the music that is churned out and, mm -hmm. like, it's the same five people and the same five songs all the time. It's just yeah. like, oh, my God, this is so boring. Even, like, how they chose, not to slag off, but how they chose May Muller, May Muller, is that her name? The Eurovision. The Eurovision. Yeah, I don't when even... the song isn't that good and, like... Well, I guess it's all subjective, isn't it? But I just think, like... In terms of every single TikToker having to have a music music career, I just even Gabby, Gabby Hanna, like I didn't realize that she had her. Oh my god, yeah, it's lot. horrific. Sorry, that's awful of me, but um, I just think you don't. Not everyone has to be a singer, and mm -hmm. it's so diluted now. Which everyone does music, everyone does this, which but is nice. Like, but, but like people who and people associate being a musician now too heavily, I think we both say. With yeah. being an influencer as well. Like, yeah, yeah, 100%. To... Like, if you don't have, like, 10K followers, you to, like, whatever. Who's going to stream? Whereas, like, what you've done in terms of your gigs and all of that has focused on actual organic growth, which you've localised with a uni group, then started expanding in Leeds, and you're moving to... Well, not moving, but you're playing in Manchester in almost a month's time. Probably a month's time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in exactly a month at Matt and Fred's bar, which is amazing because, obviously, Adele... Yeah, Adele played, played there, there when she was 
And that was kind of part of her... Come up. Come up and her big... Come up and... Yeah, I know, I said the wrong thing. Come up and rise. Yeah. Um, Well, I think that just embodies how me and Alex are as a duo. Because we've had a photo shoot with this girl called Anna Henderson. She's doing like a zine, a zine. Zine? I know I say zine, yeah. On musicians in the local area and stuff. So she asked us and she was like, so what kind of message are you trying to convey? And we were just like, at the heart of it, we're just two really good mates who love playing music together. We met in first year. Like, we both have really strong groups of friends and, like, they're really supportive. And, like, we don't put any fancy, what is it, frills on our stuff. Like, Mm. you come down and support us because you like what we do, not Mm. because we're trying to act as though we're, like, something that we're not. And, like, we make music because we like making music not because we think oh this will get us this is the... gonna make yeah multimillionaire. Cause obviously you've which still... i mean maybe we'll shoot us yeah. in the foot slightly this but... is what we're trying to do get you a multimillionaire but yeah by doing it in a way where you actually care about it and you it's don't, genuine you don't fall out of love with what you do because especially like you see so many duos nowadays that kind of like say rizzle kicks yeah they, they i was watching a podcast it was the grace badly one with oh my god i forgot his name the one that's seeing joe uh she's he's seeing jade Thurwell. Sure. Wait, they're not together anymore. Are they not? No. Good lord. Either way, it was one of them. I've forgotten his name. And he was saying how they obviously they split up and they had to just kind of stop doing music because they got thrown into it and because they were so successful, it literally broke both of them to the point where they both had to say, for our own mental health, we need to stop. And like that is when you get that huge big thing. As well, have you not seen Lewis Capaldi, Capaldi's um, thing on Netflix? No, not yet. His anxiety is horrific since yeah. he's, which it makes sense obviously because it's like such a different lifestyle but it's kind of like that's why he had such a big gap between his debut album and his album that he's just released Mm -hmm. because he also suffers with well he also has Tourette's so Mm -hmm. I think he was like ticking way more the more anxious he got and like he was literally unable to get through performances and stuff but it's mad what he can do to you like I think the more that I've started to get more gigs and stuff people are always like oh it's good to have a bit of nerves but I am very anxious person Mm -hmm. and because I care so much Sometimes it makes you ill how anxious you get. And if you're doing like gigs back to back to back to back, yeah. like I had three gigs in a row like a couple of weeks ago, and you just feel like. And it, that was that was basically going on tour when it actually happened because yeah. you've never done that much, especially because one of them was your own event you were running as well. So it was added pressure and you've been yeah. working. But obviously, like those three back to back gigs, as amazing as you sounded, you were still by the third one, you're exhausted. Yeah, and just like emotionally drained yeah. as well from like constantly being like, oh, I have to be up and like. Mm-hmm. adrenaline going and then after and then socialize and, and then... also i've really struggled with like well i don't know being sensible after i've gigs because mm-hmm. i think i have so much pent up like anxiety that just turns into like oh yeah. after and also because i have adhd i'm constantly searching for like dopamine mm-hmm. so i'm like oh well i'll just go out and get really drunk and then the next day i wake up and i'm like um are you happy with yourself yes. like I mean, I've been there for all of it as well. And I just yeah. think I've took a video, so I deserve a drink or maybe two bottles yeah. of wine. And also, it's just it's not a good habit to get into. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a weird one, isn't it? Because you want to celebrate that you've done it. But at the same time, it is, like, especially when you're a terror for when you're stressed before a gig, not eating properly because you're like, yeah. I feel so... Also, I don't like being really full before I sing because you just feel like, ooh, mm-hmm. on stage. But yeah, I just need to chill out with the pints don't we all girl yeah don't we all one thing that we've also discussed before that i didn't quite mention on the tiktok thing that i only ever found out about because of you was the not the idea but the actual reality of industry plugs like i'd never because i was saying oh i can't believe they've done so well off tiktok 
and you were saying, oh, like so-and-so is an industry plug. Do you want to tell, tell us a bit more about an industry plug? I can't remember who I said that I was about, though, but I saw this thing and it was like um, when you think, you know, when people, A, Gay, what was her name? Who did A, B, C, D? Oh. Uh, Gail. Yes. Yeah, basically. You know when she first did that on TikTok mm -hmm. and someone, she replied to a comment and they said, oh, can you make a song that's out of these letters? Yes. Someone investigated it and it was actually like someone who worked at the record at the company. Label. Yeah, the label that she was a part of who'd commented that. I think there was another one as well. I can't remember. Is it not like Katie Baser? I don't know who that is. Um, And she does the thing when she turns up at a boyfriend's house and does this, sings this song through a speaker at or something. I've never seen that video in my life. I have. Like, and I think it, since you said that about that, you realise there actually is much it's more so of a marketing fake. team Everything's fake. It. Like, even the Lowly Young videos, like, she's become massively... Well, she's blown up loads. Got, mm. like, 200k followers in, like, two weeks at one point. And then she's trying to, like, put across this really organic image of, like, her on a swing in a park with her mate recording. And it's like... There's a whole team behind yeah. that, which I don't like. That's the thing I don't like because, it, well, it's just a load of shite. Am I allowed to swear on yeah. I don't know. It's a load of shite. Like, I've just held my tongue today. Yeah, sorry. I haven't, I haven't had a glass of wine for this podcast. So. Do you know what I mean, though? It just is, like, so disheartening because mm -hmm. it's just, well, everything's just fake. And you don't want to, as we were saying, you don't want to just, like, force yourself to box those, tick those boxes, box those ticks. Yeah. If you're not someone that cares loads about Well, I do care media. because, obviously, it is part of the thing, but it's, like, so... Not to the extent where it becomes, like, engulfing, though, when you're, like having to check analytics and everything and like do you know what i mean like, yeah you probably have a quite healthy relationship with social media yeah but even extent. i saw this in, like this insta thing that was like do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life and then it was like the reality do what you love and you'll never be able to split your actual personal feelings from work and you'll constantly mm -hmm. feel emotionally exhausted and like you're never doing yourself good enough yeah. Which is so true because I think like being in music, it's so hard to separate because that is my professional life, but it's also not. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to separate the two. Yeah, because I was going to say, who, what inspires when you write? Well, recently, like, well, everything I've written about, well, yeah. <laughs> A roster Insane, of men. Yeah. <laughs> insecure um, insecure well boys. not even really like recently all of my songs have been written about my relationship with myself and like just fine no, no that's about right. an ex-boyfriend that's about Elliot oh. when we first split up um no but my recent ones all of my recent ones I basically do this thing because I've been struggling a lot with like my self-worth at the minute so personifying it makes it easier to put mm -hmm. it into words and so you then... can tell that like we've all said to you like you've really really felt what you've been singing recently yeah. And it showed so much in your quality performance and how smooth your actual presence on the stage has come through. Yeah, because I'll never be the one who's like, well, never say never. Just in being there. Well, for sure. Um, <laughs> well, I'm never really the one to be like running across the stage, but I don't really feel like my music is that kind of vibe. Yeah. But I think I'm a lot more like engaged in what I'm mm -hmm. doing at the minute. But yeah, I don't know. My first song that I ever released was about really crap relationship between my mum and her partner but who she was with at the time everyone always seems to just assume that it's about like a boyfriend of mine which i also hate because just because a girl is singing a song that's sad it doesn't mean they're singing about an ex-boyfriend mm. i hate that like when people well yeah one time i got told that my lyrics for that song were an emotional car crash which oh. was cool backseat was it because you don't know it the was back seat a, no i'm saying you don't want to be in the backseat of a car crash well yeah so true but i just think that's such a stereotype even with like how much people judge taylor swift for like who she's dating mm -hmm. who cares mm -hmm. like why do you care so much why do you think you know she, her yeah she like, gets just a lot you of... have a parasocial relationship with her 
She doesn't know who you the are. The Swifties are Katie, scary. Age thirteen from yeah. Kent, like she doesn't know you. The Swifties are actually like I hate it they're though. They're close because... to a terrorist group. The Swifties. Yeah, well, I maybe wouldn't say that, but like I a just, cult. <laughs> yeah, they are a cult. I just think that when you get to well it is weird putting out an art form especially if like it's i write from like i don't know a vulnerable place inside of me because i'm not really at that that when i'm not mm -hmm. singing and stuff so when you put it out there people can interpret your stuff in so many different ways so it's not really your song anymore yeah. it's everyone else's i guess it kind of it's an art form so it's kind of like beauty sometimes is in the eye of the beholder yeah because, because... it literally like Someone could interpret my song that I'm singing to myself about my mm -hmm. own insecurities and struggling with, I don't know, dealing with them badly. Yeah. It was like a relationship with their ex or something mm -hmm. because I personified that feeling mm -hmm. and they might just interpret it like that. A hundred percent. Another one which is just a random quick one. Who have been your like muse? I know this, but the podcast doesn't. Your like main musical inspirations for kind of how you write, how you kind of perform. And obviously you do quite a niche genre that I think Gonna be do you think i feel like there's been kind of a resurgence of it recently like yeah. pip millet she's amazing yeah. and her song make me cry i was listening to it earlier actually and she wrote that about depression and like her mm -hmm. struggle with that but she personifies her feelings in that mm -hmm. and it's but just I think a great also, like, song the kind of like jazz r&b yeah it's making a resurgence but like i think you very much made that like if you compare it to like cautious yeah which is yeah obviously a lot more well it's just very classic r&b like i do yeah. still love that song but i don't know i feel like my music that i make now is more mature yeah, and I'd say like more connected with yourself, as we were saying, Alex. You yeah. are using it as like a, a catalyst for a personification of your feelings. Yeah, yeah. But like Georgia Smith, I've loved her for a long time. Sasha Keeble has always been one of your girlies. Yeah, I do love, her. love her. But like even Frank Ocean, like I really love his songwriting. I think he's amazing. But I don't know, like loads of people. I've always loved Prince because my mum mm -hmm. absolutely loved Prince. But like, I think more with Prince, it's how vulnerable he is in terms of i know he's got his upbeat ones like raspberry beret and stuff but yeah. like beautiful ones like i don't know if you know that song it's no, cracking i'm not a great um, i'm not a big prince listener i love him which you can never tell your mother because she will actually She'll book be me out of the yeah. house um i don't know just how raw and stuff he is with his vocals and mm -hmm. also like i really like the way he phrases his melodies mm -hmm. I also think being a jazz singer, like coming from that background, it makes you a lot more comfortable to like mess around and stuff with that. Because like that gig, when I was at Brasserie, I was just like, well, we hadn't rehearsed it, but I just started scatting on some of mm -hmm. the songs, which I never it's really like the do beauty of jazz. I never, this is going to sound so cringe and so like entry level, but I'd never quite understood. I'd always listened to jazz with my family and stuff. But I'd never actually until I watched La La Land of all films. Yeah, there's un film. Unpacked. Do you know the scene when it's the main jazz band? And I'd never actually fully until I came to uni, so like Alex performed with his band and stuff, realised quite the connection of when they're just riffing off each other. Yeah. And there you isn't have to... actually a rhyme or reason, it's just kind of they've made eye contact with that person and they've just passed the bat on and then yeah, it's yeah. worked amazingly because you can kind of sense sense it through the room well yeah no that's what i love about jazz because it is so like organic and natural but they all do have to be like good musicians mm -hmm. i don't know what you describe as good yeah. but like technically gifted mm -hmm. and i think it's just when you go to a jazz gig and they're all like really loving it on stage i think there's like it's such a different it, atmosphere it makes the room actively warm like, yeah literally and like, like there's nothing when, else like it like when alex does a riff and you're just sat there like really appreciating him doing his little riffs obviously like it's you kind of being the front man for quite a lot of it because obviously it's your voice and then he's supporting that yeah and then it's always really nice when you get to have a bit a little bit of break from little bit of a break oh well, yeah from singing and then it's kind of also seeing the kind of like 
fully fledgedness of you two as a duo because you're sat there just appreciating the music because you both are kind of like bouncing off each other. Yeah, that's the thing because I get so stressed before I go on stage. And I think it's just because I care so much and like I'm just a bit like that anyway. Um, but then when I'm on stage, it's weird. It's like a flip gets switched in my head and I'm mm. not sass anymore. Flip gets switched. <laughs> what did I say? A switch gets flipped. Oh, bloody hell. It's giving seashells, seashells um, on the seashore. <laughs> Well, it's not just me. It's not me on the stage anymore. It's like performer mm-hmm. sass. Yeah. Like it's different. It's sass, just saskier. Yeah. Like um, or sass and Alex. It's like that collective. Yeah, yeah. It's like you kind of step I into a different version of yourself. Yeah. Which is so like everyone says that basically, but but it's true though. Yeah, and it's kind and of, I think I just get in the zone like a lot more. Your own relationship with your personal branding. Yeah. So obviously this is kind of a branding thing. But I'll ask you last one, and then we're all wrapped up. I think. Stunning. So I said this to Tia because. I think if you remember when we first started working together, I did the three questions I ask anyone if I want to work with them. And it's kind of like, how do you see, how do you see yourself now? Like it kind of gives off, I was, me and Tia were joking, it gives off when Billie Eilish does those interviews like a year apart. And I've always said like when making the agency that I can't remember I found this from, it's like a branding book or something. And they ask, how do you see your brand now? How do you see it going in the future? And what is your biggest collaboration aspiration or performing aspiration that seems so unreachable that like that would be like your dream manifestation to do? My brand I see now, I think it's genuine and like uh, I think I have like a real connection to the people who do listen to my music and I think I'm going from like strength to strength in terms of songwriting and like performing on stage mm-hmm. and stuff and getting more comfortable. What did you say next? Where in five years? Yeah. In five years? Like, where do you want to be? What do you want? Like... Probably want to be in London mm-hmm. with Alex. Enjoy me. Yeah. With... Hopefully we'll, we'll have built up more of a fan base because mm-hmm. I will be 27 by then. Just in time for Printworks to reopen. <laughs> well, yeah. That's horrendous. Um, <laughs> I thought that they would Oh, my well. gosh. Yeah, probably do that and then be like doing like academy shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. That would ideally be the goal. Mm-hmm. Have some music videos out. I really yeah, want to do that really, sooner rather than later. I like. I think there's some ones that we really need to look at getting those sorted because we didn't. We, you were so busy when we released when you re- released the EP. I'm always busy with all the work because we were sat here literally what four days. Yeah, we didn't. I, we barely slept. We just ate pasta. <laughs> yeah, and we were just sat getting ideas done, shoot plans done, all stuff like that. But yeah, and then what would like your biggest aspiration My... be? It could be like a collaboration with a singer. It could be the biggest venue ever. I mean, biggest venue ever is kind of like a bit. I don't know. Do you know what I've always said? Marina and the Diamonds. Mm-hmm. I know she's called Marina now, but I just think she has such a good balance. Like mm-hmm. that's what I want out of my career. I want to be able to. She seems very like content. Yeah, and also with her fans, she's neither too nice nor too overwhelmed nor too like not smarmy. That's the wrong word. They don't know everything about her, which yeah. is how I think they don't. They don't. But a own lot of people her, like... have said that recently, like that Dylan Dylan Mulvaney of TikTok. They were saying how Laverne Cox spoke to them on a red carpet. Laverne Cox said people don't deserve to know everything. Yeah, they don't. Let them think that they do, but they don't deserve to. Yeah, because I then agree you have with no that. actual. You don't life. have a you life, can, yeah. You can think twice before you post something or think twice before you release something because that's yours to begin with and you're sharing that special thing with yeah, someone Yeah, you else. should be able to choose what you're sharing because, yeah, I just think... And also, like, Charlie XCX, she has a really good relationship with her fans and, like, they love her and, like... I love Charlie XCX. Yeah, same, XCX. I love that bitch. Um, 
Well, yeah, Marina also, like, she posts about, like, letting her hair grow out grey because mm-hmm. she wants to do that because it makes her feel good. And, like, um, I love her music and her songwriting as well, and I think she's genuinely amazing. Like, her different albums all having, like, a completely different personality. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw her on the Fruit Tour, and it was so good. Yeah. But, like, she also has a really good balance of, like, she's not always on social media, and, like, mm-hmm. she actually goes out and, like, experiences stuff. Like, well, Frank Ocean's a complete polar, like, yeah. end of that. I don't think I'd quite want to be like that, but I no. think he's quite a tortured artist, in fairness. Yes. Um, but, yeah, that would be the ideal, to be able to support myself off of only music, be still happy with what I'm producing, and hopefully still with Alex. Um, and We love you, Alex. Yeah, I love you, Alex. Alex can come on one, one day. <laughs> and I don't season, know, just be happy. Because at the minute, like, it's so hard when you're starting out because you have so many people and things pulling you in 500 different directions because it's like music isn't my main job. Like, mm-hmm. I am lucky because I have a job that is in the music industry on, like, loose terms. But still, it's just difficult to balance everything. And, like, now you're not just expected to be the artist. You're expected to be the manager, the booking agent, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the sound guy. Yeah. The producer, the songwriter, the top liner. You're yeah. expected to do everything. Yeah. Which is hard. But yeah. Gotta do it, Gail. Yeah, you do. And I do love it. They seem so negative the way I just said that, but it's just tiring. Yeah, which is natural. Emotionally. Like any, any job is tiring, but this is a different level of it. Yeah, but... it's just hard to deal with it with ADHD and stuff because I get such bad burnout and like mm-hmm. emotional burnout. Like I just have to have enrichment time, which means yeah. lying in my room alone with headphones on. On TikTok. Not on TikTok, <laughs> just listen to music. Yeah. Or like even ambient noise. She's a noise. tortured artist. Well, yeah. Starting <laughs> on my light bulb. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I think we'll round that off there then. Thank you so much for no being worries, a guest on the Record. And we love having you on our little roster of creatives to take pictures of, take videos of. Well, it's nice that we get to work together because yeah. like also I did that collab with Tia. Yeah. Where I was wearing her clothes with my song. We do a lot of things where we like to keep it in, in house. And when we do a tier event as well, which is kind of in the works, you'll be singing, of course, Duh. naturally. But yeah, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Thanks, and guys. I hope us. I haven't put you off becoming a singer too much. Well, I mean, no one quit your day job. I'll tell you that for free. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Goodbye.